0: I would start to see people have the same problems I had learned about in personal finance class, like having a lot of credit card debt and not knowing how to manage their money. And I used to work in HR and payroll, so... Sometimes I would um, have people come up to me a lot and ask me, hey, can I get an advance on my paycheck because I don't have enough money to cover the bills, I need to get a gift for someone, my car broke down, I just don't have the money, and every time this happened, my heart would sink a little, not because I was judging them at all, but more because I was like, it doesn't have to be this way if more people learned about money and more people learned how to budget and um keep everything flowing smoother then maybe they wouldn't have to stress out as much with their money and it just made me sad and i was like okay not enough people are being taught about personal finances how to manage their money how to um have a little more financial discipline things like that
1: what is the deal with money i mean we spend so much time not talking about it, but spend so much time spending it. I think it's important to be educated about money and really focus on how do we make money something that's enjoyable and fun and that's not controlling us. Well, today, uh, my guest is Yvonne Tran, a uh, personal finance a coach and Yvonne's amazing. I think she has such a bright and fun personality and does a good job of breaking down personal finance in an easy way. So don't let your money control you. You control your money. Have a good time. Enjoy the conversation I had with Yvonne. You know, it's always the doom when it says this meeting is being recorded.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I wish it came with like different voices. Uh, Right. (laughs) This meeting is being recorded. How are you today, Ms. Yvonne Tran?
0: I am good. How are you?
1: Good, good. Something stuck out to me about you when I saw your profile and kind of 20, 30 somethings, financial advice. I don't know. I'm not that age. I'm in my 40s, uh, but I don't know. Something about it spoke to me. So yeah. thanks for coming on.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
1: So tell me, how did you get into this kind of financial advice and, and why focus on that generation of people?
0: Yeah, so I kind of just grew up um, knowing about personal finances my whole life. Um, I used to have a little book called A Smart Girl's Guide to Money, and it was like mm-hmm. one of those American girl books. I read through that. I learned about money. Um I would get a small allowance growing up. So I learned how to save and how to spend and everything like that. And what really drew me into the personal finance world was back in high school, I had actually signed up for a drawing class when you know you signed up for classes, but they were completely mm-hmm. full. And so I was placed in a personal finance class as a backup. And so it was kind of a happy accident. So that's kind of where I ended up in personal finance. And In that class, I learned all the fundamentals that you would need to know about just the basics, you know, like credit cards and Mm -hmm. budgeting and like learning about mortgages, car insurance, things like that. and so that's where I really learned the basics. And so I was like, okay, great. This makes sense. I love um, saving money and that sounds all great. And so mm-hmm. going into college in the real world, I had this fundamentals already in place. And I was like, oh, money must be easy for everyone. Everyone knows how to manage money. <laughs> um, Surprise. So, you know, right? <laughs> Going into just seeing people in college and working at a corporate company, I would start to see people have the same problems I had learned about in personal finance class, like having a lot of credit card debt and not knowing how to manage their money. And I used to work in HR and payroll, so... Sometimes I would um, have people come up to me a lot and ask me, hey, can I get an advance on my paycheck because I don't have enough money to cover the bills, I need to get a gift for someone, my car broke down, I just don't have the money, and every time this happened, my heart would sink a little, not because I was judging them at all, but more because I was like, it doesn't have to be this way if more people learned about money and more people learned how to budget and um, keep everything flowing smoother, then maybe they wouldn't have to stress out as much with their money. And it just made me sad. And I was like, okay, not enough people are being taught about personal finances, how to manage their money, how to um, have a little more financial discipline, things like that. And that's when I really realized that my passion was really helping people understand money, how to live a life um, where money is a fun thing and not a stressful thing. And yeah, that's kind of why I went into the personal finance world. and um, I know a lot of people aren't taught about personal finances because mm-hmm. less than 20% of high schoolers in America are required to learn personal finance before graduation. And if you're crazy only-
1: is that, by the I way? No, it's ridiculous. Like
0: Yeah, if you're only teaching a fifth of the people how to manage the money, then things are going to (laughs) happen because everyone has to deal with money and you're not teaching everyone how to deal with money. So that's kind of where I'm coming from.
1: So tell me why you think only 20% of high schoolers are learning this. What's the issue?
0: Um, I just feel like school boards feel like it's not a mandatory class when I feel like it should be a mandatory class. Um, I think they like going with the classics, you know, like math history, writing, all those are really important, of course. But I feel like if you're preparing kids to go off into the real world, when they're getting jobs and everything like that, then they should know at least the basics of how to earn money and how to manage money. Um, And so I feel like if put everyone through that then they learn early on that they can manage their money correctly and responsibly and not have to figure it out on their own which i feel like a lot of people do figure it out on their own as they start getting the first big time jobs and things like that they're just not sure what to do with the money so i feel like that's where it really comes from
1: what uh what's the responsibility of parents or authority figures in that and do you feel there's kind of a A drop-off there. This why is it not being taught by parents? You would think that would be kind of the first money discussion. Yeah,
0: Yeah, So money is such a or it can be a taboo topic in a lot of households where parents either don't talk about money, they stress about money, or they are really relaxed around money. So it kind of depends on which household that you grew up in, and depending on what. The household you grew up in money can have a whole different attitude for you um growing up and you might think money is evil you might think money is stressful or you might think money's money like whatever i can um mm-hmm. use it to my advantage so it really depends and i think it's so i don't know i don't know why it's not talked about more i think parents want to Either they're stressing about it and they don't want to make their kids stress about it, or they do stress about it in front of their kids, which can affect the um, kids' attitude about money a lot. So it kind of just, just- depends on where you grew up and what your attitude around money is and i think that also comes from their parents and their parents before them so it's kind of passed down and if you don't take a conscious effort to really take money into your own hands and how to control money for your life then you're just going to kind of by default go back to how you were raised around money and um, take on that sort of belief around money
1: yeah most definitely i think um it's really strange because it's something you have a transaction with on a daily basis, right. pretty much.
0: Yeah, like anything yeah, that you're
1: doing every day,
0: exactly in your
1: life, you should have some education about it. Yeah. I would think, you know?
0: <laughs> absolutely, because it's seeped into everything that we do—the jobs that we have, what we eat, what we buy, um, how we manage it, when we get it in our paycheck. It just—it has everything to do with their life, and it just blows my mind that people aren't being taught about it either in schools and or their homes because if you're taught about it beforehand then you're much better off than trying to figure it out on your own because that's how I was able to manage my money so well is because I was taught the fundamentals and principles before I even had my first part-time job and once I had my first part-time job or internship I would say my first job was an internship so once I got my first paycheck I immediately knew what to do with it, how to save it, um, how to put some Aside and how to spend it correctly. Um, and I also learned about credit cards and how to use them responsibly and not to <laughs> blow it all on shopping streets and everything <laughs> like that before I ever got my first credit card. So yeah. just learning everything beforehand and being prepared. And once you do get money into your own hands, then being able to handle that correctly is a huge win.
1: What do you think the biggest gap is related to money for people that you work with? Like, what's like, you're like, wow, this is like, an area that is like it's a pretty big issue
0: right? yeah i think mostly it's just clarity people aren't aware of where their money goes how much they spend how much um like if they have a net positive or negative at the end mm-hmm. of the month they're just not aware of their numbers they kind of just pay their bills do their thing and <laughs> if they end up <laughs> yep. with a positive <laughs> or negative that's kind of what it is But so um, strange <laughs> I know. Yeah, like if you just lay out the numbers just once and see what things are, then it's so much easier to kind of just course correct from there. But if you don't know where you're starting, you can't do anything <laughs> about it. So, you kind of just have to be aware of your numbers.
1: Yeah, so budgeting obviously very yeah. important. I mean, do you yeah. mean what what about the 20s and 30s has caught your eye about this is that you enjoy working with this population?
0: Yeah. So, I I really focus on people in their 20s and 30s because it's earlier on in their lives. And the later, like the longer you wait to kind of correct your financial habits, the the harder it can be. So I just, um, I'm coming from the place where the earlier you learn it, the better off you're going to be in the future. And the more time you'll have to invest in your retirement, um, save up for things that really matter to you and just put those financial habits in place so that you're just better off in your future decades. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from. And I can't pretend to know what people in their forties, fifties or sixties are Mm -hmm. dealing with, with their money. So I kind of just focus in on where I can help with, which is budgeting, financial discipline, um, this learning how to manage money in the basic ways, and just kind of getting people started on their financial journeys.
1: And what's the hardest part in working with people kind of that initial difficult hurdle.
0: Yeah. Um, so the people I've worked with have been pretty great so far. I guess the hardest part would just be seeing what. So each person's financial life is so different. So it's kind of just seeing what's the best course of action for them there's not a one-size-fits-all there's there are like umbrella methods that you can use but once you get down to the person you have to customize it and you have to make it work for their lives and just seeing what the best options are because there are so many ways that you can move around your money so many ways that you can um, make things work for their budget for their life so kind of just making sure that what I'm helping them with is going to be the best for them
1: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, what are younger people's ideas about retirement and saving for the future?
0: Yeah, so it depends if you are naturally a spender or a saver. Mm -hmm. And so I think for people who naturally are more spenders, because they love spending money, which is fine. um, I think that for them, the hardest part is saying that, oh, I'll take care of retirement later on when I'm in my 30s, or when I get a bigger salary, I'll take care of it later. But the thing is, the earlier you start, the way better off you're going to be, um, just because of time, interest. And yeah, the biggest advantage people have when they're in their 20s and 30s is time on their side. And it allows their investments and their money to just really grow with them. And you can't get time back. It's one of the biggest assets that we have. And so the earlier you start, the better. And so I feel like people tend to procrastinate on saving and uh, putting money for their retirement because they imagine their future selves really taking care of that later for them. <laughs> and I mean, if, uh, I mean, one, it's not just going to magically happen. You actually have to take a conscious effort to really um, make that decision for yourself and putting your future self off isn't the best choice in my opinion. Like if you uh, learn to have it, early on then you're just going to be so thankful in the future that you really learned how to um, put money aside for your retirement and take care of your future self because you have to do that for yourself you can't depend on anyone else like depending on the government or any future jobs you have just putting the financial habits in place now is really important
1: i you know i noticed a lot of younger people are you know really into entrepreneurship and having their own business What advice do you give them about that and related to their finances?
0: Yeah, so if someone is wanting to start their own business, then I would definitely say if you're working, uh, let's say you're working a corporate job and you want to jump the ship and start your own business, I would definitely say um, have a plan in place. So either start your business while you're working your full time job and um, put some money aside to kind of start funding your small business or save up a lot of money so that you have a huge buffer. If you just want to do nothing but grow your business, just kind of knowing, knowing how much that you have, like how much time you have to kind of get your business going before you might run out of money. That's really important. But before you even, you know, start a business, make sure your personal finance habits are in place first, because once you start business, once you start gaining revenue, you're going to have to learn how to manage the money in your business as well. So if you don't know how to manage your personal finances, it's going to be a lot harder to manage your business finances. So just learning the basics of your personal finances first, and getting that in place. And then once you have that solid, then um, working that into your business as well.
1: Yeah, most I think there's a big push towards entrepreneurship and having your own business, especially younger people today. And, you know, it's it can be somewhat like if you're working for someone else, you know, they're doing the basically the tax aspect of it, you know, out of your paycheck and the whole deal and and being aware of what um, happens when that's not happening. Right yeah. <laughs> for you was yeah. that I mean it's some some areas for you that I'm fascinated by people who work in the money space mm-hmm. you struggle in certain areas of money do I yeah um you're like I don't want to say that because I did this job
0: <laughs> no like I'm trying to I mean, I keep everything pretty simple. Like I don't really complicate yeah. it. Like the only thing that really scares me are like all the different tax forms that I have to out. Yeah. but that's just like a one-time thing, but pretty much all my personal, I mean, like I have really strong personal finance habits. So, um, that kind of translates to my business habits. I mean, again, I keep everything really simple. I'm not like a corporation yeah. or anything. So if I was a corporation, like I definitely don't know <laughs> all the different like tax stuff or like big yeah. corporations, of course, but, um, I would definitely say anyone who's wanting to start their own business, keep your personal and business money apart. It makes it so much easier just have a business account um, where your business money goes into and then your personal account where your personal money goes into. And then have a, just a simple accounting software when you start to make money for tax deductions and revenue and things like that. Um, I use QuickBooks. It's really simple. I just like click personal business and then it just kind of separates it out for me. Um, and yeah, just keep it simple just keep it manageable, because if you choose a budgeting system or a business system that really overwhelms you, then you're just going to kind of fall behind and not be on top of it. And being on top of your numbers is really important, like I've said, so just choosing a system that really works for you.
1: What do you find that is maybe the trends in money? with people mm-hmm. in their 20s and 30s like how their their personal viewpoints about money for that those generations.
0: Yeah, so I feel like today in today's digital age it's really easy to uh, kind of see money as um a thing to use to keep up with the trends because everyone's on social mm. media now and people love seeing new product releases whether it's like a clothing line makeup shoes for Nike or anything like that anything that see- they see on social media I feel like um they're like oh I have money for that I'm going to keep up with the trends and mm. um buy all that stuff to kind of feel like in the crowd but I feel like that can be dangerous if you don't watch yourself and if you're just going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole of social media buying. And (laughs) I mean, there's nothing wrong with buying things that make you happy, but if you're only buying things just to kind of just feel it in the crowd, then it can be kind of dangerous. So um, I feel like people in their twenties and thirties, it really depends on what your money perspective is and how much you know about personal finances and, um, I guess the attitude that they might have towards it depends on um, kind of their confidence in their self, in their money and how much social media they may use. And also, like I said, just how many fundamentals they may know about personal finances.
1: You know, it feels like it's a very similar issue as a lot of generations, just called keeping up with the Joneses. You know, it's how can I be a part of this generation and keep up and have nice things, you know? and it's, it seems like it's just a similar thing in a different format using social media and what people see in pictures and posts and things of that nature
0: yeah uh, and it's that. so easy to kind of just shop nowadays because people like shops hold put on their instagrams like mm-hmm. shop here and just click here and <laughs> one button clicking and then and yeah. they make it so easy for you to shop and um just having these nice pictures and sales and things like that. I mean, it's so crazy. And um, companies, when they put sales on like every week, every weekend, then people can feel like, oh my gosh, like there's a sale. I have to do it. And (laughs) um, just, you know, being aware of that, like companies do that because they raise the prices and then they Put it on sale, quote unquote, and then uh, Mm -hmm. they're still making a profit. But to you psychologically, it seems like you're saving a lot of money and that people don't want to miss out on that savings. So they go (laughs) and buy it. (laughs) Yeah. So just awareness is something that I feel like people should um, gain. When they're really trying to be on top of things and once you're aware of all these things and it's a lot easier to not spend as much um, to kind of just enjoy what you have and just to kind of um, yeah not make spending a huge habit I mean I always advocate for spending things that you love that bring you pure happiness and joy because you should enjoy your life but i mean just making it impulse habit is something that's not going to really serve you in the future you know <laughs>
1: yeah i think there's a lot of impulse buying yeah <laughs> on. Oh you know, depending on what's going on that day or whatever, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's so emotional too, because money is such an emotional thing. And so companies know that. So they kind of just make you feel things through marketing and social media. And if you feel emotional enough to buy, if you have an attachment to it, then you're going to buy it. And it also kind of just depends on, like you said, what happened during that day. If you're stressed or mm-hmm. if you're procrastinating on something, you're probably gonna go <laughs> buy something to avoid whatever you're avoiding, you know. Um, and the other way around too. If you have a really great day, then you're like, oh, I'm, in a celebratory mood, I'm gonna
1: celebrate meeting.
0: Reward myself. Yeah, like, no, exactly. <laughs> Let's go out to like a super expensive uh, yeah. dinner, and you know, yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah
0: just being aware of like what you're feeling and like what your habits are around buying. And once you know yourself well enough to know that, Oh, I probably shouldn't like shop right now. Cause I'm just going to go down a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> it makes it so much easier not to <laughs> overspend on the money. <laughs>
1: yeah. I want to go back to a little bit about the taboo nature of money. certainly yeah. in our society, we have a lot of things that, I mean, are considered taboo. We don't, talk, we talk about, I never get that. I'm like, let's just talk about it. No big deal. You know, but where does that come from? I want to dissect a little bit. Where does the taboo nature of money and also like what people make, you know, it's so weird when jobs are like, we're not going to tell you how much people make, you know, or don't ask me how much money I make, you know, or something (laughs) like, what is that all about in your mind? Yeah.
0: So I'll tell you something funny is when I was, um, when I was younger, my dad was driving me to a piano lesson and he had NPR on. And so they were talking about the, mm-hmm. this exact same thing. And the lady was saying that people would rather talk about their sex lives than talk about how much money they make at their jobs. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> Cause I, you know, I was like yeah. super young and I was like, okay, I guess people don't want to talk about money. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think it's because in the marketplace people like just was talking about marketplace terms. Um, The more valuable you are in the marketplace, the more money you're typically going to make as far as skills and experience and things like that. So I think people can kind of tie their identity and value as a person to how much money they make in their jobs. And I feel like it's really important to kind of separate that out. We are all equal as human beings, souls, whatever. Um, and that's totally different than how much you are worth in the marketplace as far as a job goes. But I think people tie that together and their confidence might go down and they might feel inferior to someone who makes 10 times more than they do. So they feel like they're 10 times less a person that makes more money than them, if that makes sense. So I feel like yes. separating that out is, very very important because we're all equals as human beings as souls and just we shouldn't tie that in into salaries and things like that and I feel like it's so taboo to talk about salaries in the workplace because um, like I was saying people feel more worthy than other people because of their money and um, again it just depends on the job in the marketplace and things like that but I feel like people are very uncomfortable. People talking about that because they don't want to seem like a lesser person than their friend yeah. who might make twenty thousand dollars more than them. So yeah, yeah it's a very kind of crazy. Topic.
1: It's yeah. so crazy because like you know professional athletes, their salaries are posted all over the TV, yeah, like on the internet. It's like no big deal but there's somebody's right. making $50,000. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, don't talk about that. Don't, don't talk. Right. And, but yeah. if somebody's making millions of dollars. Oh yeah. That guy <laughs> makes 30 million a year. And I was like, Oh man. Oh, no, don't talk about a hundred thousand dollars. Don't oh. talk. Don't talk about that. It was, it actually. It's just so weird to me. I'm like, we got to yeah. get over this, this hump. It's just money. It's not the definition of who you are as a human being.
0: Exactly. You
1: know, yeah. it's like you're getting, ra- but I think also society plays a role in that because we, we tend to glorify or lift up people who make a lot of money, uh, like mm-hmm. they are super important or their level of intelligence and influence is so much greater than you or I or anybody else, right. you know, yeah. and I think people see that and they just socialize into that mindset about, mm-hmm. it, you know. Yeah. You got to be like awake to that. Like, okay, so what? They just happen to be on TV or doing this or making this. What exactly. does that have to do with you? Like, in yeah. your level, you know, it's.
0: Yeah. And people who make a lot of money, a lot of the times they're not that happy because of the stress and the type yeah. of job they're in. And people who make a lot less money are probably a lot happier because. Um, they're in a job that they love for example if they're a teacher and they love teaching Mm -hmm. and it makes them super happy they're not gonna make that much money just because you know teachers are underpaid but you know there are other things that matter more than your salary number um, and that includes your happiness and your happiness levels and your mental energies and everything like that and yeah so if someone is making a lot more money than you um and they're in a different industry that's totally different because their industry (laughs) probably pays more it doesn't have anything to do with your value as a person because um other things matter as well, like how you treat other people, how happy you are, um, what you do with your family, how much free time you have. Yeah. Like there are things that other people value more than just the number in their bank account. So I don't want anyone to ever feel like they're a lesser person than someone else who makes more money than them, because there are too many factors involved and it's not just like the value of the person that they are. So yeah, it's super important to realize that.
1: What do you think about the role that parents play in pushing their children towards certain type of jobs that Mm. pay a lot more money?
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think that parents are coming from a good place. Um, Mm -hmm. They just want their kids to be secure and happy, but there are other things that um, would make them happy, like -hmm. happier than a huge salary. And I feel like, if a child is put into a field of work that they aren't very passionate about, that might make a lot of money, um, that after years, they're just gonna burn out and they're just not gonna feel you know, like they wanna go to work, like they have um, any value to bring because they're just not passionate about it. So yeah, I think parents are coming from a good place, but it's, it's kind of like you have to let your child Explore the world, especially when they're young, and especially when they're um, graduating uh, high school and college. That they have to explore the world and kind of see what works for them, what fills their soul, because we all only have one life. And if we're, if we're working in a job for forty years that does not fill our cup at all, then it's going to be a very miserable forty years. You know, so it kind of just finding a job that both brings you financial um, security to kind of just, you know, live and survive, you know, but like also one that kind of fills your soul. And um, I just, yeah, I feel like parents are coming from a good place. They want what's best for their child, but it's not always the highest paying job that's going to be the best for their child.
1: I think that's uh, such a generational thing. Like, So so I'm in my forties, I'm 43. And I feel like I'm still part of that generation of people who parents, want them wanted them to be in like really high paying jobs like everything that I do I love I've been doing what I've loved forever but I don't find that what that's common in my age group I feel like we're still part of that dinosaur age of like you must be this this or that you must make this amount of money whereas I feel like people in their 20s especially now they're more about like hey I want to have a good work life. I want to enjoy mm-hmm. my job. And if it doesn't make a lot of money, I'm okay with that. I just don't want to be in a bad job. Yeah. Do you sense that? that? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. People like are coming to realize that um, working for one company uh, for 40 years is not the way to live anymore and i feel like um i forgot what the statistic was but like a large majority of people are very unhappy with their current day job and that's so, they have
1: to be yeah <laughs>
0: yeah that's so sad because i mean if you're working there eight ten hours a day like you should be happy you should not live your life for just the weekends for just the evenings, so you get to binge and watch TV, you should be able <laughs> to have happiness during your day, just not after your day, yeah. you know? Um, and I know people, like they're always hard work days, but like as long as you have a purpose in your work and you see the value that you bring towards your work and it's working towards the future that you want then it's great but if you're just working a dead-end job that you just feel ultimately bored and you have no passion for but it brings a great paycheck I mean what's the trade-off in that you're not really happy sure you have enough money but after a certain point after you earn a certain amount of money your happiness levels don't really change at all. Doesn't it's, change,
1: yeah, um, exactly.
0: Yeah, it's like after seventy, seventy-five thousand dollars or so, like yep. your happiness levels don't skyrocket after that. It's pretty much the same. So, I mean, just I would say find a job that you love, even if it earns less money, um, but it can still bring you financial security, make you comfortable, and you can live the rest of your life. Just really happy doing the things that you love then I feel like it's worth it because if you're working a job that earns twice as much money but you're so unhappy you're I mean your your heart and soul are not going to be filled you're not going to want to get out of bed every day you know so yeah I think it's like the paycheck part is important but it's not it shouldn't be like the most important or the only important thing
1: Yeah. You know, it was interesting. The other day I was on a conversation with somebody and this was, I mean, it was basically about money and working and in my profession of fitness. And I was like, yeah, I, you know, I could do more, but I just, I just don't want to. I just like, (laughs) I keep like my time between like 1 p.m. and 4.30, like completely open every day. I could be working. I could be adding more clients and stuff. And I'm just like, it's just not worth it.
0: Yeah, no, not worth
1: it. Yeah. I want to be doing nothing. You
0: know, Yeah, I mean you have to realize what's important to you and um having that time to yourself. If that's important to you and that like fills fills you up, then that's so important. Mm -hmm. You have to make that a priority. Um and if you have enough money to live and have enough money to be comfortable, then that's great if you want to take on more work do but if you don't like live your life you know like I feel like people have to put more emphasis on actually enjoying their lives being happy with their lives and not just uh, having a status like I make six figures I make seven figures whatever um yeah just because money is so easy to put a number on but happiness and things like that are harder to put a number on so Mm. it's kind of harder to um like show people how important you are Um, if you just tell them you're so happy but they're like what does that mean but it's it's much easier if you have like a high position a very impressive position Mm. a high salary it's like kind of easier to showcase that instead of your happiness levels but I feel like you enjoying your life should be a priority
1: most definitely I I I really think we're trying to learn that as a society there's Mm -hmm. still you know the pressures of you know, doing more and, and being busy for yeah. some reason, uh, <laughs> like the whole thing making more, but we know, like you said, I had read something similar about kind of the 75,000 to $120,000 mm-hmm. numbers, kind of the sweet spot and anything beyond that. I mean, really think about what can you do more that you can't do? Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe there's some other like opulent luxury things you could do, but sure. I mean, if you do it a bunch of times, it just gets old anyways. You know, yeah, it's exactly. Like, uh, all right, yeah. well, yeah, what's the big right. deal?
0: Yeah, have you heard of the hedonic treadmill? No, what's that? So the hedonic treadmill is the idea that um, if you earn more and more, then you're gonna be happier and happier and you just keep going on like tra- treadmill and you never like, um, you never stop trying to get to the next level. But after a while, it just, it just stops and it doesn't really matter anymore. And so yeah. it's always trying to get to that next level and that next level. But if you really think about it, your happiness levels now, like no matter how much money you make, it's probably not that much different than when you were, you know, like a newly grad from college mm-hmm. and you were just getting a first time job. Your happiness levels really come from within and it's not always about your salary. Like, yeah, you might be more comfortable and you might be able to do other things that you haven't before, but that's just um, very temporary. And that at the end yeah. of the day, your happiness level just goes back to the baseline. And so that is that's kind of the idea of the hedonic treadmill is that you're always trying to go mm-hmm. to the next level, but it doesn't really, it always starts over. The cycle always starts over. So it's not <laughs> like you're trying to, You're. it's not like you're really going to the next level. So Crazy. it kind of just comes from within. Yeah. And we are always busy these days. So I was reading in a book that um, as technology advances and we're able to To able to do things faster and more automated things take less time to do than I did 50 years ago and so that's why our expectations of having to do more are so high these days because you can complete so many things with tech technology these days that you couldn't do 50 years ago and 50 years ago those same like three to five tasks would have taken all day whereas today it would take like half an hour you know with the technology so that's why it's always so um So, expected of us to do more and more and more because we're able to do more, but it doesn't mean that we have to do more.
1: Totally true. What is your um, thoughts or ideas about technology, the advancement of technology, and how that coincides with money as we're seeing things, you know, the kind of explosion of cryptocurrencies and easier ways to? I just, I have a client that works for Amazon, and now that I guess you can pay with your palm and things really yeah it's brand new she's like an executive there and she's like oh yeah there's like crazy stuff coming what's your feeling <laughs> about the i know it's weird it's so weird i mean That's what's next sweet. your eyes is like eye payment you know it's like <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh really yeah right yeah exactly um uh yeah so technology is crazy as far as money goes I'm, i'll be the first one to say i'm not an expert in, like cryptocurrency mm-hmm. bitcoin things like that it just moves so quickly yeah. for me even digest it so i'm not like a huge expert in that but like as far as the industry i feel like the more advanced we get which we are getting advanced faster and faster every year i feel like it's going to be crazy with the types of options that we're going to have as far as the ways that we can pay for things and like you said paying for things from amazon that way that's insane your Um, palm
1: can you imagine that just pow boom
0: (laughs) i feel like that's going to make could be dangerous though yeah yeah. (laughs) i I feel like people are just gonna be spending faster you're just waving
1: people wave (laughs)
0: yeah wave
1: boop (laughs) exactly
0: yeah (laughs) yeah um so i feel like really getting grounded in our principles of financial habits and savings and things like that today is really important before all of that explodes um because like you said like trading and like buying electric currency is going to be so quick that um we won't even know what to do with ourselves and it's just growing there are more things coming every day and I just don't I'm like what (laughs) so yeah it's just crazy um yeah I feel like the industry like that is just going to keep growing and more people are going to jump on board and it's going to be a whole new trend in the industry um i'm no expert in that but i just feel like that's the way things go as far as tech goes because that's how usually tech goes like it there's something new people test it out um it becomes a craze i feel like it's kind of a craze Mm -hmm. right now and then people get used to it and then it becomes the standard so i feel like that's that's coming sometime in the future i guess i better learn a little bit about that before
1: time to get together (laughs) (laughs) what do you advise people on related to um, I don't know if you're keeping up with it this crazy housing market skyrocketing Mm -hmm. housing prices appreciation and you know Mm -hmm. 20 and 30 somethings just getting into the housing market what's your plan or advice to people at that age
0: yeah so just kind of just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I know houses, housing prices are up right now, right? Because mm-hmm. the market's so great. I mean, I feel like it's harder to buy a house these days than before just because of inflation and like mm-hmm. all the living expenses It really depends on the city that you're living in. I mean, yeah. some houses are absolutely insane. And for that same price, you could buy a much bigger house in a different city. So right. Kind of just learning what your area like expenses are and being able to live in a place that you can afford and not just buying a house that you think will look nice to your family and friends, but that mm-hmm. you're going to be house poor. So kind of just sticking to the <laughs> basics.
1: <laughs> I love that to, term house poor. You know,
0: <laughs> I mean, people will dump all their money into buying a house and then once Crazy. something breaks and they have nothing like no money to fix it, which is very like, I feel like that's very scary to have things that need repairs in your house, but you just don't have the money. And then people are like, but you have a house. Don't you have the money for that? And yeah. you know, it's crazy. So kind of, I would just say, just stick to the basics, make sure that your savings are in place. Um, if you have investments, then, uh, kind of just put some money into investments and things like that. And just, um, don't don't jump into buying a house if you really can't afford it i mean i know home ownership is just um a really big dream for a lot of people and mm-hmm. it's an emotional buy which is awesome and if that's <laughs> your dream then go for it but sometimes people prefer renting just because the trade-offs are so big depending on where you want to buy of course but the trade-offs of just renting and the less headache like that might be worth it to some people. So don't think that you have to buy a house just because it's a generational dream. Um, wait till you're ready and rent and work hard and save up for it. Um, and when you feel secure enough to actually buy it and be able to afford it and maintain it, then go for it. Of course, if that's your dream, but don't feel pressured into doing it just because it's what everyone else is doing. Um, you don't have to own a house. It's, you can have other dreams besides owning a house. You can travel, you can use that money for other things. Um, Yeah. So just kind of do what works for you, but don't do it if you can't really afford it.
1: Right. sounds like common sense, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah. I mean, like some people want to buy it just to look great. I mean, I mean, yeah, like there are a lot of fun things that come with home ownership, Mm -hmm. but a lot of money that goes with it too. So just being aware of that and, um, kind of doing your research, of course, beforehand to run the numbers beforehand, make sure that you actually have enough to, um, keep up with all the payments as well.
1: Most definitely. So I want to turn a little bit as we kind of head towards the end here. Um, Tell me a little bit about your reasoning for doing podcasts for this. Why you want to get the word out so much, you know?
0: Yeah. So I just feel like everyone should be really powerful with their money because if you don't control your money, then your money will control you. Mm. It's one way or the other. I mean, um, you can't just go by default if you're not in control of it, it will control you back. And so just, I feel like everyone should be in control of their money. Everyone should be in power with their money because it's so important. And I truly believe that money is something that should be used to live your fullest life, the life of your dreams, to be able to do the things and experiences that you want in your life, because we all have one life to live. And I don't want people living their life so stressed out about money that They can't stop thinking about it in a bad way Um, (laughs) and that it's always on the top of their mind when there are more important things in life that you should be always thinking about, like where you're going to travel next, what you're going to do next, what you're going to do with your friends and family, what you're going to learn, any hobbies. There are more fun things to think about than paying your bills and trying to get your credit card Mm -hmm. down. So I want people to be able to put a plan in place and really Um, being able to live a life where money is their best friend and not their enemy and that they're using money to fund the life that they want to live so that they can live the happiest life that you can, because you can't live a life with money without money these days that you have to really, um, be great with your money so that you can live the life that you want. So that's all I want for people is just to live the best life that they can, um, using money.
1: Oh, Well said, Yvonne. Well said. I think it's a great place to end on. Listen, I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me about a topic that I think is really important for people to have knowledge about, and uh, I know my daughter's nine, and we're definitely kind of starting that journey right now about talking about money and yeah. what That's that actually means.
0: a great age because a lot of your financial habits actually sign in around seven to nine years old. So hmm. she's not a great place to do that. <laughs>
1: exactly. I just, yeah. I don't want her to just have like, this uh, very flippant idea about money. Because, you know, kids are weird about money. They have like no clue. Yeah. And they're yeah. like basically freeloaders kids. They don't do anything <laughs> to create money. They just suck money out of yeah. you constantly. <laughs> it's like a vacuum of sucking money out of you. But they just think, oh, I go to the store give me that. Yeah, I want right this. Yeah. They don't understand the value of it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good to instill that stuff into like- people when they're really young.
0: Yeah, that's when the habits really set in. So you're at a perfect time right now.
1: No doubt. Well, <laughs> listen, thank you so much for being on. Thank I you really for appreciate having,
0: it. had a great time. Good. Yeah. Always a good
1: experience. Let's try to make it fun and relaxed. You yeah, know?
0: exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no
1: problem. Listen, Yvonne, we'll be in touch. Okay.